1929 Boys and Girls Clubs of El Paso Empowering Kids podcast is all about shared stories as we make a difference in the life of kids who need us most. Topics include community needs, success stories, special guests, and more. We hope you enjoy listening to our podcast. Carlos A. Martinez was born in El Paso, Texas to a public school teacher and a government accountant. Carlos attended public school through middle school until he was offered a full scholarship to attend Radford School. Carlos completed high school at Radford and graduated top of his class, and upon graduating high school, Carlos went on to attend St. Edward's University where he received a Bachelor of Arts degree in political science. During his time in Austin, he worked at the state capitol, gaining valuable legislative and policy experience. That work continued in El Paso after graduation, where he served as field representative for then-state representative Cesar Blanco, assisting with policy work, constituent casework, and running the district office. Carlos made the jump from state government to local government and serves as policy analyst for the El Paso County Commissioner David Stout. He was charged with managing policy related to healthcare, immigration, and 2020 census, along with constituent casework and managing the office. After a few years in local and state government, the opportunity to utilize his uniquely developed skill set in the private sector became about, and he joined the external and legislative affairs team at AT&T in 2021. Carlos is responsible for managing the company's external relationships from El Paso to San Angelo, down south to Eagle Pass, along with its legislative priorities. He serves as a member of the El Paso Hispanic Chamber Board of Directors. The Radford School Board of Directors serves as liaison for AT&T on the Borderplex Alliance Board of Directors and is a member of the El Paso Chamber's Government Relationship Committee. He is proud to call El Paso home and is proud supporter of the El Paso Symphony Orchestra and loves his two rescue pups, Toby and Chapito. Help us welcome Carlos A. Martinez. Good morning, Carlos. How are you? Good. How are you? I'm doing well. Thank you for being with us here today. So let's get started right away. Tell us a little bit about yourself. So my name is Carlos Martinez. In my professional life, I work for AT&T. I handle external and legislative affairs uh, here in El Paso and far west Texas. My region is pretty much El Paso to Eagle Pass, south of I-10, about. Yeah, that's that's my professional life. Um, in my personal life, I have two dogs, Toby and Chapito. I love them very much. Toby is a black cocker spaniel, and when I was little, like I only really had one dog growing up, and he was a golden cocker spaniel, and his name was Perro, because my dad <laughs> thought it would be funny to name the dog Dog, and they, I would get teased because people would ask me, "Well, what's the dog's name?" And I said, "Was Perro." He's like, as if they were silly. Um, and then Toby's a healer mix and he's a goofball. Um, beyond that, um, I have a girlfriend. Her name is Alexis. And Hello, Alexis. Hi, Alexis. <laughs> <laughs> and um, I enjoy the symphony and classical music. So tell us a little bit about who did you want to be when you were, were growing up? Man, I don't know. Did it change? Was it something that you said, well, first I wanted to be this, then well, be that? I mean, when I was really little, I remember telling my mom that I wanted to be a Walmart security guard because I just really liked the little cars with like the flashing lights and I just thought it would be fun to drive around. And, yeah. <laughs> uh, but I remember getting in trouble for that. Like it was not okay to want to aspire to be a security guard. <laughs> and then I think at some point I wanted to be a, a policeman 
I like the uniform and the badge. My parents really wanted me to be an astronaut. They had this idea that, I don't know why that was sort of, they liked space. There was this thing where like we had a really cool telescope growing up and they were always interested in the cosmos. And so that sort of just fell onto me. I had a, a space themed uh, bedroom. Oh, that's really cool. What yeah, it was. Have? I mean, it was blue and white NASA colors and then the ceiling had those glow in the dark stuff and my uh, comforter was like some sort of space theme. So yeah, I mean, it was it was neat, but I don't think that was ever, I feel like I was very young when, was it, I don't remember which space shuttle came in and didn't do well. Um, and I, I, I think that was like, no, I don't want to go into space. That seems too dangerous. And then at some point I got interested in government and politics and that's just sort of progressed middle school and high school and so when I went to college it was just natural I suppose that I wanted to study political science and I, I chose St. Edward's in Austin because it was close to home but it was still a small school and it was in the capital of the state so I figured that was probably a good idea in terms of political science and it turned out all right I worked for a state representative who's now our state senator um, I learned a lot I was his first and only intern his first session, so I got a lot of really cool, just really neat opportunity to get to know him in the office and um, worked for him after I graduated when I came back to El Paso and then I worked for the county. So it just sort of, it progressed from being a security guard to enjoying and being interested in politics and government and getting into that. And so it seems only natural that I am now a lobbyist for AT&T because it's still government, it's still politics, it's still policy. And the really neat part about my job is that I get to help with our uh, corporate social responsibility efforts, um, including our involvement with the Boys and Girls Club and many other really cool things locally. That's really cool. So tell us a little bit more about your current work. Sure. Uh, you started telling us a little bit, but just expand a little bit more. Yeah, so AT&T's external relationships locally um, and that's both in government and with community and business entities i you know i i attend borderflex alliance meetings el paso chamber meetings el paso hispanic chamber meetings that's that's part of what i do and i get to meet really cool people um and i get to work on at&t's policy initiatives um which means that you know i'm i'm constantly thinking about the company's relationship locally with business entities, with um, community entities. And um, the goal really is to ensure that AT&T is as much part of this community as as any other business organization and such. Um, we live here, we work here. And so it's important that our relationships are strong. And so that translates into policymaking um, and advancing the company's priorities locally with uh, city and county officials, and then also on the state level with our state delegation lobbying and again, advocating for the company's interests. Um, that's the, the technical, that's the nitty gritty. But what that also includes, as I mentioned before, was the corporate social responsibility aspect, which means that I get to have uh, a say in AT&T's foundational investments in the community, which is a lot of fun. And that also includes 
our connected learning digital literacy uh, programs, which includes the Connected Learning Center at the Boys and Girls Club, uh, which includes uh, foundation contributions uh, to Texas Tech, to UTEP, and other entities. Just yesterday, we did a check presentation with uh, Emergence Health Network. Um, we funded a uh, computer lab for veterans to do some upskilling, some digital literacy, and, and the like. So that's a really, really fun an exciting part of my job. That's awesome. And I was just going to ask, you know, what is the most satisfying part of your job? You do have several projects, but let's go into this area and talk about what goals are you pursuing right now? Business-wise, uh, organization-wise, personally, or? We can do both. Tell us one yeah. uh, personally and one professionally. Sure. So. I don't know why I even brought that up because most of my personal goals involve my work because I, I'm, I'm passionate about my work. On a personal note, I guess I'm constantly looking to challenge myself and figure out the things that I don't know. And that's both on a personal basis and then also on a business basis. I'm always curious about learning new things. AT&T, the technology that we provide to people, the connectivity, our purpose in, in all of that is a fascinating business, just how macro towers work, how small cell towers work, how our fiber overlay projects work in terms of digging and sometimes uh, making a mess in people's neighborhoods, but all for the purpose of connecting folks and getting them the best internet connectivity possible. And we always do go back and fix the messes that we make. But so I'm, I'm always curious about the business and, and what all of that is like. And that translates into my personal life because I also get very curious about people and things, institutions, organizations. And so I spend a lot of my time Googling and searching and understanding how things work. How do you stay up to date? You said Googling, but I'm sure that's not the only way. Well, no. Um, <laughs> well, every morning I, I, I start my day, I, I play, I ask Google to tell me about the day. I have a Google home thing. And that turns into uh, NPR first for the first five to 10 minutes and I get the briefing of the day or whatever is going on in the news. And then the podcast that immediately follows is the New York Times Daily, where they dive into a particular uh, story or a news topic that's relevant. Um, so that's, that's basically it. And then I, of course, spend my day either on Twitter X um, or looking at the Texas Tribune, the El Paso Times, El Paso Matters locally, and then breeding and learning and whatnot. How did you come up with that routine? That's a good question. Um, you know, because there's different ways. Everybody has a different way you start the day, mm -hmm. whether you're a morning person or you're a night owl. But there are certain things that really successful people do. And it's cur I'm curious to know, how did you come up with this routine? Jeez, I don't know. Um... Did you have maybe a mentor that inspired you or is it just something that you acquired? Maybe it was college where it just sort of solidified. But I think in, in college, your dorm room, your space, your residence hall, I was a, I was a resident assistant. But my first year, um, my roommate, whose name was Carlos, too. Um, Tocayos. Yes, we were Tocayos. And we used to call each other Carnitos. It was fun. Um, he was a mess. Uh, <laughs> And I love the guy and he's cool, but he was a mess. And so I just took- Hi, Carlos. Hi, Carlos. Uh, we, we took to, I took to cleaning 
the room and making his bed too because <laughs> I just it what I'm getting at is that in a dorm room in a residence hall your room is everything because you don't have the living room you don't have more space and so I was very cognizant of the fact that like since my bed is in my living room it sort of has to look decent <laughs> yes. because people may come in or I don't know um and I can just hear my grandmother nagging at me you know make sure you make your bed or whatever and so I think it just sort of became routine to start my day off like you make your bed I, I always make my bed in the morning and then I guess I would launch into the day I don't think the I think the the the, the news and the google and the the podcast I think that came after I, I got a smart device after I did something I don't know I bought something at Best Buy and so I it came with a Google Home and so I figured okay I'm gonna put one in um the bathroom and one in my bedroom because I feel like those are the two places where I listen to music the most and so I think it was first is music and then um when you ask Google to tell you about your day it starts with this process it just sort of became habit and so it it's continued I think post-college um but the routine of making my bed and sort of easing into my day has always been part of my existence, I think. Well, that's good. That's really nice. And what, what was your finding for this morning? Uh, to this morning, the, the daily focused on Adidas and Kanye or Yi, um, and, and the whole marketing and business transaction that started in 2013 2014 and then obviously catapulted in adidas and apparently at, at one point nike had a 50 percent share of all tennis shoe sales in the country and adidas had like eight percent so when they chose to do business with with ye it was because there was this real need for publicity and promotion and artistic creativity um and so, but then of course the issues that came up and their whole separation because of the moral clause that they had in their contract and so yeah that was that was the podcast this morning which i mean i i i, I don't <laughs> delve too much into pop culture or um celebrity stuff but i thought it was interesting that that adidas was very focused on growing their business and their publicity because they didn't have so much market share and how ye helped transform that which is that's fascinating using celebrity and yeah. his creativity to to, to launch up. So that's yeah, awesome. That was today. That was this morning. Overall, who has been your biggest influence? In a lot of ways, my mom and dad, first and foremost, my mom. She passed away when I was 11. Um, she had cancer for much of my childhood. Um, but I think her, her influence, her thoughts, her who she was and what she wanted for me is always sort of on top of my mind. It's, it's there. I, I think of, of her and what she'd want. And so she first, for sure. And then of course my dad, um, who raised me, I mean, I'm an only child. It's just him and I, it's been him and I since 11. So, um, they, they both continue to raise me and they've done a phenomenal job. I think and so they're they're just sort of there but I say that I'm blessed and I say and I struggle with this question because there are people in my life who have come in at certain points in my life especially strong female uh, folks after my mom died and I, I you know I 
again, I'm, I'm just blessed from, from my aunt to, um, I was involved when I was in high school with the National Hispanic Institute. So was I. Were you really? Yes. So my educational director, Leah, she, she's one of those people in my life. Um, when I got to high school also, um, uh, Linda Shearn, she's, she's just, she's one of those people. She, she, she went to Radford she, where I went to high school. Um, I, I was in middle school volunteering and, um, she was cleaning some of the historical artifacts at the school and I thought she looked interesting. And so I went up to her and I asked if I could help. And she said, no, like she didn't want anybody touching these historical artifacts. And I, I was persistent. I asked a couple more times until she finally said yes. And, uh, we got talking and I mean, even at, in middle school, it was very organized and delicate with things. And so she was impressed and I don't know, one thing led to another and, um, I got called, my dad got a phone call from, from the principal at the time, um, asking if we could meet and we did. And a full scholarship later, I was going to Radford. Wow. And I, I mean, I, you know, that, that shouldn't have happened. That wasn't really in the cards, but it did. And it was cool. So yeah, there are just people like that, that I've, I've been blessed to know, um, and just have been part of my journey along the way who influence me and guide me. Where do you see yourself in the next five years? Oh man, that's, that's an interesting question. Um, I don't know. Um, I'm very, very pleased and proud to work at AT&T. It's a very good work environment. I, I was in, in Dallas a few weeks ago with my colleagues and I, I found myself sitting in that room um, with the external affairs team in Texas. And I, I thought to myself genuinely, this is a room full of really, really smart people and I get to work with them. And, and that's, that's a really cool thing. I mean, you, you hear those, those phrases that if you're the smartest person in the room, you're in the wrong room. I was certainly in the right room because I was not the smartest person in the room. And, and that, that is a huge, huge thing that I, I value about um, my team and the work at AT&T um, because, you know, we're doing really, really good, important work in the community. Um, we are a business, we are focused on fiber and wireless uh, connectivity for folks, but that there's a huge responsibility in that because people accessing that connectivity, that internet, that can be dangerous at times. And, and so them accessing that and, and having the skills to access it, having the, the knowledge to be safe is, is a huge responsibility. And so being part of a company that that is focused on connecting people, but is also investing in the responsibility of that connection is really very satisfying. Okay. Are you an introvert or extrovert? Both. <laughs> Can you uh, tell me more? Yeah. So, I mean, I think I do a very good job of um, being social and interacting with people. It's my job, you know, I, yeah. the company pays me to maintain relationships internally, externally, and, and make sure that we're doing a good job. So, and, and plus I like that. I think that's, that's the best possible role for me. Um, I, one of my uh, former bosses, he once told me, if you do your job right, you're going to spend your days talking to your friends. And that's a really cool job to have, but that's also really draining. And so that's where I say I'm both because, and my girlfriend and I have this, there's, this, there's tension here because, you know, she's a nurse. She goes to work for 12 hours, a shift, and she deals with people like, and needy people and yes. nice people and all kinds of people who are sick or sometimes not polite, sometimes who are very kind. And that's draining. Um, but she gets to turn that off 
and go home and either want to go interact with others who are friendly and kind and whatnot. And for me, since I get to interact with friendly and kind, fun people usually, I my turnoff is going home and watching TV or eating food. And so part of my job is also being very much connected. So my phones are usually on or near me. I'm very cognizant or aware of um, what what's going on in our community if I need to be responsive because, you know, part of the AT&T world is, is supporting FirstNet, which is a public safety network that is just for folks who are in law enforcement or in healthcare for, you know, providing essential services. And so if something goes wrong at any point, I need to be ready to be responsive to our elected officials or to other uh, business entities. So I say that to say that my being an introvert and extrovert is, is an interesting balance because while I spend my day out and about interacting with folks, um, I also very much value my alone time, my downtime, my... Time just, to recharge. Exactly. Right. Yeah. Tell us a little bit about the AT&T CLC at the Boys and Girls Clubs and how did that all get started? Yeah. Um, so the CLC stands for Connected Learning Center. As part of AT&T's, again, what I mentioned earlier, um, our commitment to help bridge the digital divide. Um, we are very, very invested and concerned and working with community entities such as yourself, Boys and Girls Club, a, a national organization that does great work across the country. Um, and so we're fortunate that El Paso was selected and we're, we're gonna be able to help the Boys and Girls Club um, with a $50,000 contribution with a connected learning center, which includes um, 15 computers, a new smart TV of some sort, um, and a space for our employees along with whomever the Boys and Girls Club needs to come in to do um, digital literacy, digital learning, digital trainings of all kinds. Um, that's particularly important in our community, particularly important in Segundo Barrio, which, you know, 79901, one of the poorest zip codes in the country. Um, a lot of those folks don't have the resources or the um, technology or the access to complete homework or to navigate online portals and that, you know, adults applying for SNAP benefits or any kind of assistance that they might need to just lift the burden or relieve the burden. Um, and so this space in their neighborhood at your club is is really really special um because you all will be able to use it we will be able to help you all use it um and yeah it's just it's an exciting really really exciting part of my job that i get to be part of this that's awesome when is the grand opening november 29th <laughs> almost there what are some things that we can expect um well a lot of fun i hope pop and circumstance uh, it's a celebration, you know, we're, we're bringing together the community in the heart of the community to, to celebrate connection. And, you know, again, I, I've said it before, but that's, that's our purpose as a company, connect, connectivity, connection, connection, it changes everything. And that's not, it references an online 
um, presence or a digital presence, it also is very important for a community like ours because that connection makes the difference in everything we do. That's part of our culture. You know, it's important for folks like me who represent a big global company to be part of this community and in this community, especially because again, that is our culture. It's, it's hard for somebody to come in from another city or another part of the state and try to um, communicate or see, I, again, we just, we're very loyal in El Paso. We're very loyal in this community, in this culture. And so it takes a minute for people to trust you, to see you, to believe that you are here with good intentions and here for, for, for good. And so this Connected Learning Center is about so much more than just digital connectivity. It's, it's about our connection as a as a company to the community um, and vice versa. We're invested in that. Thank you. Thank you for doing that. It's very important to make sure that we're providing the best of the best to the people who need it most in the areas that we need. They deserve most. it. They deserve it. So uh, for this podcast, we do have different audiences. We have business partners and we also have club kids who are listening. What message would you send to our kids who are listening and are thinking about, you know, who do I want to be when I grow up? Thinking and tapping into some of the struggles that you faced as you were coming, uh, growing up and how these uh, individuals came into your life and made a difference. What advice would you give to our kids? I think generally there's something in you that guides where you're going. I think for me, my vocation, my calling, in government and public service in, in this kind of work has just always sort of been there. And I, I think I did a good job of listening to that. At the same time, if you can't hear it though, listen to the people around you who love you. I, I think those folks are always important. Seek out meaningful connections with people. If, if you're attracted to something or someone because the vibe is good or it just, it makes sense, listen to that, trust that and just be willing to say yes. I think one of the things that I, at some point in my life, probably as I was beginning my career, I'm sure somebody told me or I made reference or something um, to just take advantage of every opportunity. This, I mean, this, this for me, especially in, in the legislature, say yes to everything. If you're invited to this, go. You might be tired, go. Like it's, it's, Putting yourself, and again, this is for me in, in a social uh, government politics type situation mm -hmm. where relationships are important, um, just say yes. But in other aspects, say yes too and, and just go for it. Have you said yes being scared? Always. Yeah, no, I mean, <laughs> and, and yes, being uncomfortable and not knowing anybody in the room and just sort of, yeah, I mean, there are still moments where I walk into certain events here locally, I'm like, I don't know everybody here and that's okay or I don't know anybody and that's okay I will leave knowing somebody and you'll see them next time and then slowly but surely you're walking into rooms and you're like oh I know a lot of these folks and it, it gets more comfortable and how do you start that awkward uh, first or initial conversation with someone that you don't know but you you need to and you're stretching out of your comfort zone Oof. um <laughs> I don't be afraid to ask for help um I you know um yeah, don't don't be afraid to ask for help. In a lot of instances, we all know somebody who knows somebody. 
And so asking for a warm introduction or otherwise just, you know, reaching out with an email or a text or a call and say, hey, this is my name, this is my phone number, this is what I'm looking to do. Um, you may not get a response right away, but it'll probably come on um, usually does. So I think it's just a matter of leveraging your network or the connections that you already have to help make easy connections, other connections easier, or otherwise just, you know, go for it. Carlos, are there any other last um, comments that you'd like to say as we start to conclude this episode? I, I don't know. Um, it, it's been a real, real pleasure to work with you, Evelyn, and, and Tony, and the Boys and Girls Club, it, it is really grounding and refreshing and genuine and kind and meaningful to be part of something that's bigger than than us. I think that's 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 easy to say. The the learning center, the commuters, the technology, all of that is for a future, is for kids, is for a community and people who deserve access. And so thank you all for making it so easy. It has been a pleasure for us to do it. I know that our team locally has had a great time um, working with you all. And for your club kiddos and members and participants, you know, we're here. We're, we live in this community. We're here to help. You know, um, there are a multitude of professions that exist within AT&T. And so our being part of uh, the Boys and Girls Club doesn't end here. This is just sort of a, a launching point. And so if if I or if any of our employees can be of help, of mentorship, of support, I think we're all ready and willing to help. You know, um, I say that, again, that at t is a huge company. So if people are interested in being engineers, we have engineers. If people are interested in being the technical support experts, we have technical support experts. If they want to be government relations experts, we have them. Um, if they want to be in sales, we have those folks. Um, we have financial people because this is a business. Like the 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 opportunities are endless at AT and T. And so, with our um, relationship here, I just know that the local folks and teams who um, exist and are here, I'm sure, would be very very help, happy to be part of um, any sort of mentoring with with your folks. Carlos, it's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you so much for, for being with us today and thank you for listening. Thank you. A few takeaways. Carlos Martinez from AT&T advices on what makes a good morning routine to have a successful day. The AT&T Connected Learning Center is now open at the Boys and Girls Clubs of El Paso. Carlos discusses the big impact this will have on the Segundo Barrio community and BGCP club members. Carlos advises to say yes to every invitation and opportunity that you come across. You get to meet new people, develop your skills, and experience new things. Thank you for listening.